Adam needs to go back home and watch Mandalorian. So, uh, I can see it in his eyes. He's like, come on, brother. Well, hurry up, hurry up. I got to go home, you know. At least on the way to church this evening, I didn't have an argument with my wife. So, <laughs> you know, you probably should have listened to her. You know, you probably should have went with a different message. Unless she came up with that message. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but anyways, uh, where is... I'm looking for brother... <laughs> All right, I'm me and you. We're in the same boat, you know. I should probably be called a doctor as well. Wow. You, know, so. <laughs> uh, you are a blessing. Amen. You can go back to sleep now. <laughs> um, well, anyways, I do got to make this quick because I'm going to watch uh, One Calls the Heart. You know, so. <laughs> His favorite show, oh, yeah. Hallmark show. One calls the heart, you know, so. <laughs> anyway, all right, I'm going to get on now. <clears throat> Acts chapter 23, Acts chapter number 23. It's good to, good to see um, Brother Chad and Miss Georgia's kids here today. I see Reagan, I almost called her Reagan. So, and then I see the first, uh, uh, another one over here. And so that just only tells me that they need prayer. So you be in prayer for them. No, seriously, they do need prayer, and so I'm not sure. And so I got, I'm sure the, the Wicklick know more about that, but um, but it's good to have you guys here today. And so we'll keep you guys in prayer. Uh, I want to uh, I want to uh, preach to this message entitled "Defeated." Defeated. Ever been defeated before? Yes. Uh, and and I love football. You know, my senior year in, in, in football, we played against this team. We got so close that we lost by three points. That 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 game decided if we were going to go to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. You know, our team has not seen a playoff history for 20 years. And so I was hoping for us to make it to the playoffs, and then we ended up losing by three points. What a defeat. You know, you ever been defeated like that? Ever been, you know, in, in track and field, I, uh, I, I know it may not look like it, but I was a pretty fast, uh, you know, athlete, and I did the four by one relay race. And uh, our team, we, you know, our, uh, we went to CCS, which is like a division right under semifinals. Then you go to semifinals, and then after semifinals, then you go to uh, state. This is in California where there's like 50 million people in the state, right? And so we went to CCS uh, for 4x1 relay race, and I was the third person right before the anchor, and so I did that curve. And so as I'm running, uh, I don't know what happened. I think we, it was either me, that I'm pretty sure it was me. I, you know, I blame it on myself, but I think it was me that got, that, uh, that got uh, nervous and just 
and, and I just, you know, I didn't fumble the, the time, but I got to the point where we, we, we have our marker right where I get to that marker, the person in front of me starts to run. And so, and so as he started running, I'm like, he's running faster than he had ever ran before. And so I'm not catching him. I was like, slow down, you know, and so, um, and, and, and so that time we could have went to CC or uh, to semifinals, and then and then I, I doubt we would have made any further than that. But it would have been cool to go to semifinals, right? Um, and so and also I did discus. I did you know I, I, I threw discus to get to uh, to get the state. You have to throw about 180 feet. I was 160 feet in discus. And so I love discus. I just love playing, you know, sports in general. I got close to it, and I just remember sitting there. I was like, man, defeated. You know, you start to think, what could I have done better? What could I have done better? Let's read in the Bible this morning, this evening, Acts chapter twenty-three. And Paul earnestly beheld, behold, the council said, men and brethren. I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law. Paul here is before the Sanhedrin court. If you know anything about the Jewish you know, uh, uh, tradition. They had this what, what you call a Sanhedrin court. Um, the Romans obviously were were in power and domination during this time. They had all control over you know over Israel, and so. But the Romans allowed the the Jews to have some kind of like uh, some kind of uh, court judicial court system, and so in this uh, in this in the Sanhedrin. They are allowed to appoint kings and high priests and elders. They're also there to make decisions to declare either war, expand Jerusalem, and the temple. They also, they also have the Sanhedrin to try false prophets, rebellious leaders, or an errant, or an errant tribe. And so we'll, we'll continue to read here. So Paul is in the Sanhedrin court now. He's faced before the judge, and they're, they're, they're trying him, and they're trying to convict him of something that he had not done. And we'll read about that uh, later on in this message here. The Bible continues on to verse number four. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou king God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people, but when, when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out, with the, out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. 
But if a spear or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. Let's pray it this evening. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to preach your word. I ask, dear God, that you give me the right words to say. And I pray it be encouragement and also convicting at the same time, Lord, that you work in the hearts of your people now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was saying, have you ever been defeated before? Uh, one of my favorite basketball college teams is the Fab Five. You guys remember the Fab Five? Anybody? Uh, Michigan. You know, the very first, very first uh, team to make it to the the championship with with just freshmen on uh, as their starting lineup. You know, very first, and then, of course they start a whole whole bunch of different trends. But my favorite is just seeing freshmen go in there and dominating. People who used to see this team and they're like, man, they're just freshmen. But until they played them, like, whoa, this is they're they need business, you know. And so this uh, so the Fab Five made it made it all the way to the championship. Just and, and and ended up losing to North Carolina, 77 to 71 in 1991 at that at that time. And I'm sure they were probably thinking, man, what a defeat to make it all the way to the championship just to lose. I mean, they are just freshmen, but these freshmen were good ball players. They were great athletes. They were awesome to watch and, and see play uh, play basketball. You know, you ever watch athletes that are so good at what they, you know, and you're just like, wow, you're amazed. You know, that's how it was with my brothers. I remember sitting down watching my brother, my older brother, as he was just, you know, fast. He was powerful. He was strong. I mean, everything, you know. Uh, and, and then you got the scrawny me, you know, this <laughs> skinny. Uh, weak, you know, just everything I had to just work at what I do to get, you know, and so uh, in order to in order to be just as good as them or even close to it. And so you watch athletes and you're like, man, you, you recognize they have some game in them, you know, and so uh, and so here they have here the Apostle Paul, he's he's brought before the Sanhedrin court. Now the question is, why was Paul brought before the Sanhedrin court? Read with me back in chapter 21. Chapters 21, verse number 28. Here's what he was accused of. These, these Jews, they were following him. As they were following him, they cried out as he's in the synagogue and he's in the temple. Uh, and he go, they, they say, they cried out, Man of Israel, help! They're causing attention in front of a lot of people. And they, they say, this is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the, the people and the law. And the law in this place. And further brought Greeks also into the temple and have polluted this holy place. Uh, I'm getting to the point. I, Ananias and Ananias is probably looking at him and 
Paul's probably looking at him. It's like, long time no see, you know. And so, because if you read earlier in the chapters of Acts, the Apostle Paul was faced, he was in the uh, Sanhedrin court two other times. So this is the third time he's faced. And so 20 years, actually it's like another 20 years down the road, now he's faced before Ananias. And so here he is before the Sanhedrin court, and he's accused of something else. Now he's accused of bringing Greeks into the, in God's temple. In, uh, in, in God's temple, there was this part where there was the court of the Gentiles, right? The court of the Gentiles, that's where the Gentiles, those that were not Jews, were able to come and worship God there, you had the opportunity to be able to worship God, uh, the God of Israel, there at the court of the Gentiles, and they couldn't go beyond that, uh, that point as, uh, uh, in the temple. And so the Apostle Paul was accused of bringing Greeks into God's holy place. And you have this Jew who's been following him all around his ministry and accusing him and doing all kinds of stuff. Just, you know, just pressure on pressure. And, and Paul is just feeling the weight now. He's feeling defeated now. He's getting to a point where now they're in verse 29, in verse 28, it says, crying out, men of Israel, help this Help, this is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the law in this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him in the city of Trophimus and Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple. And forthwith the doors were shut, as, and as they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief captain of the, of the band, that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and, down, and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. Then the chief captains came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was that and what he had done. And so here Paul is, he's getting accused, and then now as these, these Jews were, were starting an uproar in the whole entire city, all these Jews, are, all these people, all these people are coming in, and they're just beating on they're they're beating on Paul. There, it's, it's uh, this is like a riot going on. And so, uh, in biblical times, these these riots were happening, you know. And so, you had people coming in, and they're hearing of what Paul was doing, and they're believing what they what the, what, what what they were saying. And as Paul is kind of getting beat, they, the 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 Romans they they hear of this uproar. So now the Romans have no dealings with what the Jews are doing and what uh, and, and all that they're, they're, uh, they would do inside their city. But when there was a when there was a riot going on, it's probably time to intervene. So they call the centurions. They they call these soldiers and they're running in. All these soldiers they're breaking up the fight. They're, and, and they're wondering who is this man. That that's causing up uh, causing an uproar here. So what the, what do they do? They bound him with two chains, and they bound him, you know, there. And then uh, one, the Bible tell, continues on to say that one was saying this, and another was saying this, and this, you know. And so uh, uh, and, and here Paul is. He's just standing there. And in chapter number twenty two, we, we we see how the apostle Paul was uh, was uh, was giving his testimony for the very first time. 
in all of the book of Acts, you will find that the Apostle Paul was giving his testimony. And so here Paul is giving his opportunity, having the opportunity, and he's speaking in the Hebrew tongue, which caused them to be silent. The Bible tells us, men and brethren, in verse, 20, verse 1 of 22, says, men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silent, and he said, and, and he said, and so he continues on to give his whole entire testimony in all of chapter 22. Now it brings us here to chapter 23 now. He's before the Sanhedrin court. And Ananias in verse number 2 says this, And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Read with me in verse, in verse 1. I don't want you to forget this part. He says, uh, the apostle Paul says this about himself. Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Before God until this day. And, and I think that's a pretty bold statement to say something like this. I have lived in good conscience before God until this day. Now, I, you know, you could, I could be the first to admit that I am a sinner and I have not been perfect. And I don't think I could make a bold statement like that. But Paul, knowing uh, being led by the Spirit, who was, was, uh, could make a bold spirit, uh, a bold statement like that. He says, "Men and brethren, I have lived before God with a good conscience." Isn't that a good testimony to have? Yeah. That's a good testimony that us as Christians need to have. That we can boldly say, "I have lived with a good conscience before God until this day." And so, you know what happens uh, after that? Ananias, being the high priest. He was, a, he was upset at that statement. And he, here's what he tells him to do. He's, in, he's sitting up in a higher you know, elevation, and he tells the men that were standing next to him, he says, hey, you, you, smite him on the mouth or on the face. And guess what they do? They smite him on the mouth. And here's Paul's uh, response to this. And I don't know if this was a good, uh, good response, or, uh, or maybe I don't know what the Apostle Paul's uh, tone, the tone of voice was at this time. But we know he made a statement here. Verse number three. Then said Paul unto him, God shall God smite shall thee, smite thou whited walls. That's a name, Paul. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, uh, this morning we heard Brother Adam talk about trash talk, you know, what, the, what, what uh, Sam Ballad said and, uh, and, and um, Tobiah had said. And so, but here the Apostle Paul calls Ananias a whited wall. Now, what is a whited wall? So it's basically a dirt, a dirt wall that he has painted over and, and made clean. You know, some historians like uh, uh, by the name of Josephus, Josephus, who, who was a Jewish historian that lived during the time of uh, during biblical times like this, during the time of Jesus, who wrote about Ananias. Ananias was, a, was one of those 30 priests who kept the tithes of those that were elders and, 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 and the other people in the temple. This man was not a good, not a good priest. And here he, uh, here he is, he's supposed to, uh, he's supposed to, he's supposed to uh, render justice. And here he is, he's telling the men to smite him on the mouth. And so, uh, but, but uh, the Apostle Paul calls him a whited wall, <laughs> meaning that he, that he's using others to do his dirty work instead. And then, uh, but maybe uh, in verse number four, we'll, we'll continue to read. And, that, and they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? 
Revilus, thou, thou God's high priest. Now, the Apostle Paul either didn't, uh, was losing his eyesight during this time, you know, and that's what historians say, that he was losing his eyesight uh, towards the end of his life. He was losing his eyesight, and he may not know who he was talking to, but you can see the change in his tone of voice in verse number five. Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension be between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. Verse number eight, for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if the spirit or an angel had spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And now we find there's a division in the division here. And the people, uh, the, the, these, these Jewish leaders are all, the, whether it was the Pharisees or the Sadducees, are now going against each other, and they're fighting. They're having a big old uproar again. Once again, there's another, another uh, you could say, a miniature, you know, like a, 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 a fight going on or a trial or whatever. And so anyway, uh, verse number 10, here is what, what's going on now to Paul. Here's what they did to Paul. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force among them and to bring him into the castle. The Bible tells us that they were going to pull him or rip him apart, that there was going to be an uproar, not against each other, but against the apostle Paul. And so here Paul is, he's getting, he's getting beat up once again. And now the soldiers see that they're about to rip him into pieces. So they're like, hey, go grab him. And so now they grab him, and, he's, and they bring him, and they, and they lock him back up. And so the Apostle Paul, I'm sure at this time in his life, is feeling defeated. You say defeated? Not the Apostle Paul. This isn't the same, you know, this isn't the same Apostle Paul that was locked up in prison and him and Silas were singing praises to God. No, this is that same Paul that was locked up in that same prison. And so now he is here, defeated. Why? Why do you say he was defeated? Here's verse number, number 11 here. Here's our text yet now. And the night followed, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer. Why would God say, Be of good cheer? Because he was not he was he was defeated. He felt like there was no there was nothing left for him to do. You ever felt that way where you felt like, man, there's there's no, nothing else for me to do. I got nothing going at all. And so I've witnessed, I bear witness to those that in Jerusalem, and I even gave my testimony. Some of the best things that you can do as a witness is to just give your testimony. As a teenager, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew that all I have to do is just share what happened, what had happened to me, and that's all I have to share. It's like tell them, you know, you don't have to know the whole Roman road. You don't have to know, 
you know, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation to be a witness to somebody else. All you have to do is just share the gospel. I remember in camp like several years ago, they're like, that's all you have to do is just share what God had done to you. What have, what did God do to you? You know, it's like, well, the Lord saved me. Save me from what? Save me from my sin. And that's all I have to do is to share. It's like, God, I prayed a prayer and you could do it too, you know? And so if I knew that that's all I had to do, I would be witnessing to my friends in, uh, in, in high school. I'd be witnessing to my coworkers a little bit better as I got older, you know? And so, and, and so here he is, he's giving his last resort. So he, he shares his testimony. Like I said, for the first time in the, in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul shares his testimony. And he shares what God has done in his life, and yet that still didn't work. As a matter of fact, it got worse, and he was beaten, and here he is in jail, and the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer. And now the Apostle Paul is sitting there in defeat. He's sitting there in defeat. He's sitting, and he's probably crying. Have you ever, have you, ever you know, spent sleepless nights over something that just weighed down on you, and you just, you, they couldn't leave your thoughts? You know what that is? It means a heavy it was a heavy burden, you know, heavy hearted. Your heart was just heavy on something. Maybe a decision that you've made. Maybe maybe a decision that somebody else had made. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's somebody who had maybe it's somebody had who had left, you know, who was a who, who went wayward in your family. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, some you know a, a broken family. Maybe it's a, and it could be anything. Have you ever been that to that point where you're just not where you couldn't sleep at night and it just waiting on you? And God says, "Be of good comfort." Some of the biggest things God uh, the, uh, in, in those times of defeat, God wants to share with us what who He is. And the, and I want to share with you guys who God who God is in this in this time. So number one, we find here in verse number eleven, and the night followed. The Lord stood by him and said, "Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer." <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know when there's when those when those sleepless nights comes uh, comes along and uh, and, they, uh, and and it's just weighing down on you and I can't I can't get my mind uh, off of what I'm thinking about and it's just weighing down. I'm I'm, I'm heavy hearted. God wants to say this that he he he, he stood. By him, and so, uh, and, and guess what? God is standing with you today. You know, in the midst of the, your trials and the struggles that you face every single day, and I don't know what you go through every single day, but God is standing there with you. Read with me number two here. And the night followed. The Lord stood by him, and here's what the Lord said: "Be of good cheer." Um, you know, seven times. You find if you type in I have this Bible app. You type in those that exact phrase, "Be of good cheer." It's mentioned seven times in the entire Bible. Five of the times Jesus is speaking. You know, I, I find this amazing that in my Bible, it's a red lettering Bible, and red lettering Bible meaning Jesus is speaking, right? And here in verse twenty, verses number verse number eleven, it says Jesus stood by him and said. Be of good cheer. In my opinion, that should be in red lettering right there. And I, I just love the fact that Jesus says, be of good cheer. Five times. 
The other two times, the Apostle Paul uses that, those are same exact words later on in the chapters, and he says, be of good cheer, as he's going through a shipwreck with the men on the ship. And he says it twice to those men. He says, be of good cheer. What a comforting, what a comforting uh, uh, words that, you could, that anybody can hear, a believer can hear, is be of good cheer. Those times when you're going through struggle, defeat, uh, pain in your, in your life, where you just, the words just pressing upon you and pressing upon you, and God says, you know, you're just, maybe it's just family problems that you're facing every single day. God wants to say, wants to, say to you, be of good cheer. But the last thing here he says in, in, in verse number 11, he says, And the night followed, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. You know what a, a, what a grieving person can go through? Uh, some of the best thing that a grieving person can do is to stay focused on what the Lord has for the next. You know, it's amazing how that the Apostle Paul felt like there's no use for me anymore. You ever felt that way? There's no use for me anymore. You know? I've come to that point, man, I can't see now. <laughs> there is no use for me. <laughs> and so, um, but you ever felt that way? I just, there's no use for me. You know, uh, 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 God wants, uh, uh, there's there's something that's uh, that God wants to continue doing in your life. He says, I'm not done with you. I have, if you, if you have bear witness to me in Jerusalem, so must you bear witness to me at Rome as well. You know, when I come down here, our teams sometimes they face they say they, they face times where they're lonely. You know, I love these teams a lot. You know, and so they they but all these teams have faced times of loneliness. But guess what? God is saying, stand right next to you and say, "Be of good cheer, man. I have something else for you." I look at Miss Joe Cup. and he said, "Be of good cheer, Miss Joe." You know, and there's, you're not, I'm not done with you yet. The Lord is saying that, you know that. I'm not done with you yet. You know, same with you. I'm, but, but Sharp, Dr. Sharp, I'm not done with you. I, I'll be of good cheer. There's, there's something else for you to do. There's still more souls to be saved. There's still more, there's still more people to be reached. There's still more uh, people that, that you can go on to and lend a hand, a helping hand. God says, I am not done with you. You know, the most, the, the best thing that we can face, and I can go throughout this whole auditorium. I want to stand, I, I wish I could stand next to all the, all the single, the, the, the college, of my college class, and say, man, be of good cheer. You know, because there's times of loneliness that they face as well, too. And God says, I am not done with you. He says, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on, you know, I'm going to keep on using you, both in, not only in Jerusalem, I need you to bear witness to me in Rome as well, too. So God wants us to bear witness to him. And so if, if, if God's not done with us, we need to take into account that God needs us to continue. Uh, I want to I I be careful how, they say, how, how I say this too, because after, after this night where Paul was encouraged and he was in the, in the Lord's that after this point, it got better. No, it did not get better. The chapters following, as a matter of fact, in this same exact chapter, 40 people uh, uh, 
had, had made, a, 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 made a vow, a legitimate vow, to kill the Apostle Paul. And they said, I will not eat or drink or whatever it was until, the, uh, until Paul is dead. And so, and so, but uh, and and you, you fast forward another chapter, he is accused once again and accused again, and then uh, he, he, he was bitten by a uh, bitten by a, a venomous snake. He was shipwrecked. He's in Rome in jail once again. And so <laughs> you, you think, man, God's not done with me. God gives us a command, and he's like, man, I was like, there's there's something else, you know. There, there, uh, just when we're in the in the time where we feel like we're no, no longer useful, God says, you are useful. And you know what the difference is? Even though the Apostle Paul faced every single, uh, every stage of difficulty and just more things just kept on going upon him, guess what? He, his spirit was different. Now that he has, uh, now that now he has uh, a purpose in life, he has a purpose in, in life. You ever, you ever, I've, I've watched, uh, a couple of years ago, I watched this show called The Doctor, the, 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 the Dog Whisperer. You know, and so the Dog Whisperer. This is uh, there's this uh, uh, German Shepherd. You know, this guy comes in and he's a German Shepherd. There's just no way you can get this dog to be tamed or anything like that. It was as bad as it's biting people, and he slapped on the vest onto this dog, and that, that this dog. He just like started walking around, not doing anything to anybody, not causing any harm. And he's like, these German shepherds are just different breeds, and they they want to be, they want to know that they have some kind of purpose. And so he's walking around. I got purpose now. I'm walking with a vest on, you know, carrying mm -hmm. my 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 master's, you know, whatever water or something, you know. And so, uh, and, and that's what. That, and guess what? The apostle Paul is is now the understanding that he has a purpose in life. And when we realize that there's a purpose, there's still God has still has a purpose in our life. We can go through any difficulties knowing that God is still with us. And that those things don't even matter anymore, you know. And so God, God is not done with us. If you're if you're in a, in a, in a time where you feel just defeated, and and uh, 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 God's still not done with you. Matter of fact, He's standing right next to you today. He's standing next to you. He's also He's also cheering you on. Hey, you can go. You can keep on going. You know, be a good good cheer. You know, some of the best things in, in sports. You know, was 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 knowing that my teammates were cheering me on. Yep. That's some of the best voices you can hear. Yep. See, especially when they, when you have athletes that are a lot better than you, and they're just cheering you on. Hey, you could do it. You could do it. You know, that's just something comforting. Guess what? I want to I want to be that cheerleader. You can do it. Jesus Christ wants to be that cheerleader too. You can do it. You can do it. He's standing right next to you, and he's not done with you. He has a purpose still for you. Not to be, uh, uh, don't think that your life is over yet because, hey, I'm getting to that point in my life, I'm not useful. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you, you committed that, that, that you're, you say, man, I am no longer useful in the ministry anymore. Now God says, I, I still have plans for you. God wants to be, use you to the best of his ability if you allow him to. And then once you find that out, you will, you will live a victorious life. Not a defeated life, you'll live a victorious life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the opportunity to preach as always, dear God. I pray for I 
pray, Lord, if you're, you're speaking to hearts tonight, Lord, and, you, and there's somebody here today that just feels, feels that they have been defeated, lived in defeat, and they're just no longer useful. God, I ask that you speak to their hearts tonight and to let them real, be reminded that they are still useful. There's still those grandchildren that need a grandmother or a grandfather to be a blessing to them. There's still those those neighbors that need the, the gospel. There's still those co-workers that need the gospel. There's still more work for us for, for us to do, Lord. And I pray you convey that in our hearts, the truth that has been said here, Lord. I pray, God, that you work in our hearts now. Let's all stand together and look. As the piano continues to play, you come forward. If the Lord spoken to you, you come forward. Yeah. Yeah. 